Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Galatians chapter number three, the verse that we were on is verse number 13. And the Bible says, Christ hath redeemed us. From the curse of the law being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. We looked at Christ is the redeemer. We look at he, uh, who did he redeem? He redeemed us. What did he redeem us from? The curse of the law. We went all through that this morning. And we finished up, and this is where we're going to pick up at, is 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. And let's get there. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, verse number 20. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 20. The Bible says, For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We finished with that. Our bodies are just as subject to God. As our spirit and our soul. And so he tells us that we should glorify God in in that both should be devoted to his service. If we're wholly devoted to his service, then our outward actions of our lives will reflect that in, in all areas. So that's first Corinthians chapter six, verse 20. Let's go over to the seventh chapter. And let's look at verse number 21 in 1 Corinthians 7. Art thou called being a servant? Care not for it. But if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. For he that is called in the Lord being a servant is the Lord's freeman. Likewise, also he that is called being free is Christ's servant. So what did we see here? Servant. Servant, servant, <laughs> three times mentioned. What do you think we should be? Servants, amen, right? And then verse 23, which is what I wanted to get on, which is, here it is again, you are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called there and abide with God. So before we were saved, we were servants to sin now after we're saved we're servants to christ and here's the reminder we saw in first corinthians christ redeemed us we looked at all that this morning he became a curse for us our bodies let's glorify him and why he bought us cost him a great great price so we should serve christ not be servants of men Serve Christ. Pretty simple stuff. Okay, so let's go over to Revelation uh, chapter 5. And we were redeemed. So let's look at some verses concerning that. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 5. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. And so we're, re we're looking at some redemption verses. And Revelation chapter 5. 
verse number nine, the Bible says, and they sung a new song saying, thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. We've been redeemed to God. We were purchased by God. God shed his blood to redeem us because we were sinners. There's sin is involved. Redemption from the curse of the law. Um, we're servants now to Christ. We're redeemed to God by his blood. I'm trying to pull all these catchphrases so we can all kind of rally around. It's well worth it to serve God. It's better than what anybody else has. So much better. We are no longer on the market. We've been bought. We're not sitting on the shelf. We're not on the market. We're not on eBay. We've been bought. We'll go over to Galatians and we'll get the fourth chapter. Back to Galatians, chapter number four. And the Bible says in verse number four, Galatians 4, 4. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. We can't be sold again. We have been redeemed by God. We have been redeemed to God. By his blood, he redeemed us. We were under the law. He redeemed us from the curse of the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. You're adopted. I'm adopted. There's a lot of you think of it from a physical standpoint here on earth. There's a lot of young boys and a lot of young girls. Their parents just have abandoned them. They're, they're not around. And so they're put into foster homes. And they're in that home. And if they're a young baby, they don't know anything. But if they're four or five or six or seven or eight or nine or 10 or 11, they're staying in a home where it's great. Praise God for it. But they know that's not their parents. And they have this feeling inside of them. They know that that foster mom and that foster dad love them. I know because I grew up in a home where my parents were foster parents. We always had kids in the house. And most of them were younger. And so they didn't know as little babies. But some of them were a little bit older. Because sometimes it'd be a child that it's just the older they get, it's harder to place them in foster homes. So... You know, we, we had some of those kids and I, I remember my mom caring for him, my dad caring for him and just being there for him. And, but, you know, those older ones, they still have that feeling. It has, where's my dad? 
Where's my mom? And then one day, it's hard for foster parents, because I've seen this with my parents, as foster parents, one day they get a call, they answer the phone, and after the phone hung up, my mom would be in tears. And it was tears of joy. We found some parents that are ready to adopt. And so, you know, they, 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 a foster parent is just in the interim, just caring for those kids. So they have a, a roof over their head. They have a bed to sleep in. They got food to eat. Now, now, somebody is going to adopt that little boy. Somebody's going to adopt that little girl. Wow. Now they have that feeling, I've got a dad. Now, maybe the analogy I'm giving you isn't the perfect analogy. <laughs> but when we get redeemed from the curse of the law, we were bought with a price. We have been adopted by God. We've got a father that won't ever leave us and won't ever put us on the market again. We're not going to be in a foster home. We're not going to go from, from home to home to home. We've got a father that has adopted us and he's taking care of us and he's not letting us go. We are his. Now, I know in this day and age, it's hard for a lot of young people to understand this idea of adoption and this idea of a heavenly father that's going to care for them and love them. Because in this world, we have a lot of absentee parents. In this world, we have a lot of kids that have just been abused by their parents. So they can't understand, well, wait, father down here didn't. He smacked me in the mouth all the time. How am I? So it's a little bit hard for them to relate to a heavenly father. But nonetheless, we need to try to draw some of this out when witnessing the lost to let them know, look, you've got a God that will love you better and more perfectly than anybody has ever. He wants to adopt you. He wants you. And he's ready to adopt you. Matter of fact, he paid. He paid the price and he wants to buy you. How's he going to buy me? Well, he shed his blood. And he died on the cross. And there it is. There's the gospel. There's the gospel. So a lot of these issues that we deal with with people, if you know your Bible well enough, you can just kind of direct them right to where sometimes the Holy Spirit just kind of gets in there and helps you where to go. But... We're not on the market anymore. That was the main point. We're not on the market anymore. Now let's go over to 1 Peter, chapter number 1. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Praise the Lord. 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse number 18. The Bible says, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, 
who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. He did not redeem you with money, silver, gold, corruptible things. It was his blood. He redeemed you with his blood that was shed. Perfect lamb of God. Would you bleed for somebody? If you're a Marine, you would. Except a Marine would only do that for another Marine. Somebody who's on his side. His enemy, he's going to kill. <laughs> he's not shedding blood. Those devil dogs aren't shedding blood for the enemy. They'll shed blood for their own. Jesus Christ, we're his enemy and he shed his blood for us. There's a big difference there. I'll shed my blood for my wife and my kids. And maybe for a good man or a good woman, someone on my side. But my enemy, I wouldn't. Just being honest. And I think if we're honest tonight, all of us can say the way that Christ hath redeemed us as his enemy is so humbling. If you just stop pause and think on that, just praise his holy name. First Peter, let's go over to the second chapter. And let's look at verse number nine. And the Bible says, but ye are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood and holy nation, not a physical nation, a holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God which have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Chosen, royal, holy, peculiar. Show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We ought to live different. Now, it doesn't say anything about, okay, no one's going to look at your life. No one's going to look at my life and get saved. <laughs> Because we ain't that royal <laughs> we, in our flesh. I mean, we've got the royal priesthood, right? Nobody has access to the throne of grace more than somebody else. That's kind of a Bible doctrine, which you can say is a Baptist doctrine, which is really a Bible doctrine that if you read the Bible, then you can be a Baptist. I don't know. How, I don't even know how to say it. What, what, whatever. The bottom line is. We all have access to the throne of grace. We're all equal in God's eyes concerning that. No one's going to look at your life and look at my life and get saved. 
They have got to hear the truth of the gospel. Christ died, rose again, buried, you know, lived sinless life, died on the cross, shed his blood, was buried three days and three nights, rose again. He offers free salvation. Everybody knows the gospel. But after you hear the gospel and after you get saved, shouldn't your life be different? Shouldn't it look different? I mean, after all, if I was a doctor in town and you came to see me and I was dressed in my overalls and my cowboy boots. Uh, and I said, yeah, go ahead, jump up on there in the, on the, I don't know what they call it, the doctor chair. And, um, and, and what would you think? You'd think, what's this, uh, <laughs> what's this hillbilly going to do? <laughs> right? You, you wouldn't. Why? Because you would look at me and you would make a conclusion. Why would anybody give you a hearing for the gospel if they look at your life and you're just just as worldly and sinful as they are? Now, I'm not saying you don't have the truth and I'm not saying you're not saved. What I'm saying is you're going to have a hard time getting someone to buy into you as a Christian. If you're just doing everything else that everybody else is doing, like what makes you different? I didn't say what makes you saved. But the same way you go into a doctor's office, you're expecting that doctor to have a, a decorum about him. I had, to, I had to wear these funny outfits as a jujitsu instructor. We, we would call them geese or kimonos if you were really spiritual. And, you know, so uh, all my business-like friends would, would be jealous of me because you know, I'd go to work. They had, to, they had to wear suits and ties and, you know, business casual and, and all this. And I go to work bare feet and in my pajamas. <laughs> it's like, how do you make a living in bare feet and in your pajamas? Well, when people come in to the academy, they expect you to be in the outfit that represents a, a martial artist. Now, I couldn't pull that off if I was selling insurance. <laughs> You pick it up and up and down. We ought to look and live a certain way, not to get saved, just because we want to be a servant of the Lord. All right, we're, so we're done there. Um, Titus 2, you don't have to turn there. The Bible says, Titus 2, 14, who gave himself, that's Christ, that he might redeem us, there's the us again, from all iniquity. Amen. Amen. <laughs> All iniquity and purify unto himself. So if we're redeemed from all iniquity, guess what we get? We can be purified unto himself. There it is again. Bought with a price. We're redeemed to him. A peculiar people. Zealous of good works. Peculiar is appropriate. You're peculiar unto God. You're, it's appropriate. It's It means belonging to a person and only to him. That's what it means. It doesn't mean to just be a weirdo. It means you belong only to God. You don't belong to false gods, false religions, and false ideologies. Um, it's said that every writer, every speaker, 
every preacher, every teacher, every evangelist has unto himself or herself a peculiar style that if you have a favorite writer or a favorite teacher or a favorite author, you can understand and relate to this. Oh, yeah, that's a book by because you can tell by the style, right? Oh, that's a speech by. Oh, that's the preacher that. Why? Because each and every one of us has a peculiar thing about us. It makes us us. And it's appropriate because it's us. And when God says that and purify unto himself a peculiar people, it's appropriate. That's an appropriate word. It means we belong to him. But even more specifically and more biblically, young people pay attention. You belong only to him. We are special people. Why? Because of us? No. No. This whole wonderful life deal. No. We're a special people because God redeemed us and he calls us unto himself. And we're special because we're peculiar and we belong only to him. See, it's about him. The redemption of us, the sinner, from punishment. We're special. We don't belong to others, which means the world system should not excite us. You know, Brother Kelly was giving me a little candid advice after church this morning. We we're talking about some things. He says, you know, we're just going to be uh, you are just up against it, especially on door knocking on Sundays. You know, everybody's into their sports. I mean, you're going to be interrupting the ball games and and he's right. I mean, we're just, as Christians, we're battling so many things. And he's not saying anything wrong with sports. It's just that we, we know what Sundays have turned into, especially now that, you know, they open some of the stuff back up. People don't have time for God. They don't want to think about God. But there it is. I'm here to report a touchdown. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Well, I just scored real big with Jesus, and I can tell, how you, I can tell you how to get in on it. It's big, it's big game day for me. I'm here to tell you about Jesus. You find a way to parlay it into it, but look, we're peculiar. We belong only to him. Matthew 20, let's go over to that. Matthew chapter 20. And the Bible says, uh, here's what we want to get to. Matthew 28. Uh, well, let's back up to 25 because this is really good. But Jesus called them unto him and he said and said, you know. That the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them and they are. And they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you. Let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Why? Verse 28. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. The ransom is the price paid to obtain the pardon of sins. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. We are released from captivity. 
We are released from bondage. We are released from the possession of the devil. And now we can serve Christ. And in order to do that, he wants us to be like him. And if we want to be great, yeah, we move up the ladder and we get all the promotions. Which is kind of what he's talking about. The prince's dominion, got great exercise authority. But he says, not among you. Don't work your way up the ladder. Work your way down the ladder. He wants us to serve. He wants us to minister. It's tough, isn't it? If you do any type of witnessing, well, my wife was witnessing with the folks out there this morning and praise the Lord for it. But it'll wear it'll wear on you. Ministering unto people wears on you mentally, it wears on you spiritually, and it wears on you physically. She just purposed in her heart. She was just going to teach, keep telling them about Jesus until either A, they got saved, B, they came into the church house for the church service, or C, they left. <laughs> and she just purposed in her heart that one of those three things were going to happen or I'm just going to stay out here. <laughs> and they ended up leaving. And she's a lot sweeter and nicer than I am. She said, you know, I'm, I'm just, I wasn't going to just run them off. She didn't say like you do, but. But, but look, I mean, it, it wears on you as you minister. But we are called to serve. All right, let's close out. In closing, let's say this. Let's get John 8 first, uh, and, and then we'll finish. John 8. Appreciate all the young people listening. You guys have been sitting, paying attention, and we... Thank the Lord for you. All right. So here's what we got. We got Christ. He bought you and I out of the market of sin. We talked about he will not put you back on the market for resale. It's not an option. And you and I are made free from the bondage of sin. And that is what we have to offer people. The firm asking price was demanded. There was no negotiating the price down and it was paid by death on a cross by someone who wasn't a curse, but was sinless and was made a curse for you and me. The Bible says in John 8 verse 32, you can read it along with me and ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall not set you free. The truth shall make you free. You are made into a free man. You're not set free where you can be held captive again. You are made free. You're not going back on the market. Christ bought you. He paid the price. You're completely free from the bondage of sin. You have a home in heaven with the Lord, and you are made free. John 8, 36, if the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall. Be free indeed. Finally, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. We'll finish how we started. We were bought with a price. We're not our own. We belong to God. Let's glorify God in our body. Let's glorify God in our spirit. 
Let's live a purified life as a peculiar people. Let's be zealous of good works because of what he did. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.